Welcome back to 22 Glimpses into the Future, and I'm now here with Lucy, who is the creator of Bongo. Hello, Lucy. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your product? Um, so Bongo is a board and busting toy for home alone dogs, um, and basically the purpose of the toy is to keep them entertained, to kind of take them away from destructive behaviours, which many dogs show when they are left alone. Um, so the toy has different movements, you can customise them, you can pick random movements, and it's also partnered with Scent, um, as Scent's been shown to calm dogs, and it's also their primary sense, um, so it's engaging as well. Yeah. Awesome, that's very, very cool. So where did the idea for Bongo come from? I know you have a wonderful, wonderful dog, Albie, <laughs> but is that where it began? Um, so my dog used to get really stressed and we used to leave him home alone, and my mum would always feel guilty because she used to work long hours. Even when she worked at home during COVID, she was still up in our office on meetings, et cetera, and he used to just get really upset. Um, so he used to play on his own, but obviously the toys don't move and he gets bored, et cetera. So that was kind of where it sparked um, the idea. And I imagine I the toys to... often like break too, if they kind of get yeah, used for too long. Yeah, so durability is one of the key um, focuses for the toy, as many toys do break and obviously dogs chew. Um, so it was made to be dis indestructible. 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 And were there any kind of materials in particular that are used by pre-existing products or things you chose based on research there? So I did a lot of research into different materials, um, but a lot of companies don't actually specify what materials they use. So I emailed a few companies such as Kong, um, and they use TPR, rubber and plastic, which basically you can change the short hardness to make it hard or soft. So either have plastic or rubber properties. So I'd layered it. So I did plastic first and then rubber. Um, this also makes it more sustainable as parts can be returned to the potential company in the future. And if a layer has not been destroyed, for example, the plastic, the rubber can be replaced. Without um, replacing the plastic yeah. underneath, that makes sense. Exactly. And you did an insane amount of materials research into there on like sure hardness and comparisons mm -hmm. of all of them. Obviously, you had lots and lots of prototypes, but you were then testing them with dogs as well, right? Yeah. So what was that testing process? So I had to go through a lot of ethics to get it approved before I could do any testing, just to make sure it was safe for the dogs um, and any dogs that I would be using. The owner knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, so in terms of materials, what I did is I bought a variety of toys which had materials I wanted to test. So once I did my material research, I narrowed it down to natural rice husk rubber, um, which a company called Beko use, which is actually really, really interesting. Um, and I used natural latex rubber and TPR and then TPR plastic rubber. And those are all pre-existing products that you can yeah, test. So yeah, so I bought them from Kong. And I also bought different shapes just to see how the dogs reacted to the shapes because the shape can change how the dog feels about the toy and how they can engage in it. Um, so I did that. So I kind of mixed those two together before choosing the material and the shape. And how did you work with scent? So with scent, I did a lot of research because... Basically, dogs are allergic to a lot of scents, so it was difficult to test. So originally, I did a lot of research around what scents would be engaging. I also didn't want to use um, like food scents because it encourages destructive behaviours. And obviously, if, if it's an electronic toy, which dogs are left alone with, you don't want them to eat through it while you're not there. Um, so I looked into outdoor scents as well as animal scents. So for example, using animal scents with a certain animal movement. Um, as dogs have a hunting instinct and that's how they like to play, like the foundations of a lot of their play is based on chasing animals. 
Um, so integrating that into a toy was one of my aims. But once I decided to use animal and outdoor scent, I then made my own scent. So I infused dog safe plants into olive oil. And because dogs have such a strong sense of smell, it didn't need to be very strong. Um, and I tested that on my own dog and a couple of the lecturer dogs at uni. Awesome. Yeah, you, know, you had a lot of dogs coming mm -hmm. in and out of the design studio, which made it great for the rest of us. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it, you know, obviously you did all that. So you had your research, you had an insane amount of ethics to then build up what mm. was going to be your testing. But then you obviously did a lot of prototyping too, going through different materials, going through shapes. And the end device you made was kind of modular. Mm -hmm. Do you want to describe how that worked? So basically, I wanted it to be designed for disassemble, which means parts can easily be replaced and returned and reused, etc. So I did interchangeable sizes. So the product itself is three different parts with the electronics inside. Um, so you can change the ends depending on whether they break or whether you've got different dogs of different sizes, whether you wanted different textures, different colors, that kind of thing. So that was kind of the modular design behind it uh-huh and then the app the the app connects to the electronics which yeah. allows the device to move right yeah so you can customize it yourself on the app and then you can give it to them and then it automatically does it so you can choose different session times um how frequent you want the scent to be released or exposed um and yeah and also it's partnered with something called a master device um which customers can buy as like an option and it allows you to play away from home. So what it does is it works as like a bridge. Um, so if you have the master device, you can set the toy up and you can control the toy while you're away from home. You can be anywhere because the toy is connected to the master device. Instead of your phone. Instead of, which is then connected to the phone yes. externally. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, you can kind of see what your dog's doing from home. Yeah. Play with it while you're off at work or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, And also check in to, you know. Exactly. Just to make sure everything's okay. So it's kind of putting a few different things into one. Um, it's a similar system to the Philip Pugh lighting system. Uh -huh. Like all the smart home. It's oh, the yeah. same so software. So it's one centralized little, yeah, of, you called it a bridge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense there. So you then, obviously, you built that prototype. It had the interchangeable pieces. And you did mm -hmm. actually have an opportunity to test that, right? The final design of your own. Yeah, so basically, with the testing, I split, I split it into two. So I had the Sphero ball, which I coded, and that did the movement. And then I had the 3D printed um, product, which had an electronic stand-in, which would test the shape and the material, etc. Um, so that's kind of how I did it. But I did test the movement and... Majority of the dogs did love it, but of course it's not going to be every dog's cup of tea, but usually you as an owner know how your dogs like to play. And if boredom something that they struggle with, then it could be the thing for you. Yeah, I was going to say there's obviously that inherent challenge of you can't actually talk to the dogs and mm -hmm. see what they think. You kind of have to rely on all those cues. Mm -hmm. And I know you did a lot of research into like, you know, what different sounds and tail waggings yeah. and eye contact and all that means. Yeah, so within the packaging, it comes with like an instruction booklet, which has like everything like set up about the product, etc. Um, but one thing it does have is like positive and negative signs. So you as the owner can see if the dog actually likes it. And it's been simplified so that it's easy to understand. Um, but yeah, kind of just basic symbols. That makes sense. So what are you planning to do with this project? Take it further. I know you've kind of had some thoughts. Yeah, so the idea would be enter competitions, refine the app more, possibly look into a branding change just to kind of make it more in line with products on that market. However, for me, I really liked the way that the branding was fun. Um, and when I did research, that's what people wanted because it became more like warming as if it was something that was like, I don't know, like warming for your dog, not yeah. just like 
a I robot. Th- I think it looked pretty incredible. And of course, if you uh, listeners want to take a look at this, uh, we'll have links to where you can see what Bongo looks like for yourself uh, in the description. And that'll be Lucy's Instagram, which is... Lucy Bilgin, which is B-I-L-G-I-N underscore design. Brilliant. And that's on Instagram. And of course, if you want to get in touch with Lucy as a designer, see what she's up to. Same place? Same place. Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lucy, for joining us. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. This (laughs) has been 22 Glimpses into the Future, and we'll be back with someone else in just a little bit. Goodbye.